I would love it to be like a hard rock cafe of cannabis, right? Like uh, I would like, if you go in there, we have pictures up on the wall of like important moments in cannabis history, like for legalization and, and normalization. And then in our bathrooms, we have all the pictures of like cannabis and pop culture throughout the years, like uh, in movies and television and things like that. Like I would love, there's not a great cannabis tourist destination. You know, there, there just isn't one yet. And I would love ours to be that one in LA. And then I would love to bring it to other areas. Mm -hmm. The challenge is that I really am good at creating like a fun, like cannabis experience for everyone and everyone having a good time. And the turning a profit part hasn't really, right, 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 <laughs> we haven't gotten right. there yet. You know, yeah. and we already, like, it's not super inexpensive. Like, you know what I mean? It's just restaurants and hospitality is hard and it's it expensive. And just running a restaurant on its own is the difficult. Yeah. And the workers comp and like, it's just, it's so much harder than the dispensary. Mm -hmm. And people are buying so much less. You go to a dispensary and you like stock up for a couple of weeks. You come to our restaurant, you just want to get high in the moment. Yeah. Right. It's the Lasagna Ganja Podcast. It's Mr. X to the Z Exhibit. And I'm your girl, Tammy, a.k.a. the Cannabis Cutie. Yes, another amazing edition of the Lasagna Ganja Podcast. We call it the Lasagna Ganja Podcast because there's layers to this cannabis industry. Yes. Uh, there's no lasagna. No lasagna. Sorry to disappoint. But you, if you're listening, you can have some lasagna at home if you're listening to this podcast. But not me. Yeah. Womp womp. Oh, uh, no? <laughs> I mean, I, I might start bringing lasagna. Okay, okay. You know, you know when we talk about food... Mm -hmm. And cannabis, it is one of the elite pairings. Yes, right, right up there with music. Music and cannabis go hand in hand. They yeah. are they are spiritual brothers and sisters. Absolutely, they belong in the same family. They so elect food, joy. Everything becomes better. Yeah, right when you eat food. You know, I don't know. Do you get high and then get hungry, or do you get you do you eat and then get high? So I don't really get the munchies anymore. Those days what? are gone for me. Yeah, what? unless it's edibles. Okay. But not from smoking. Okay, all right. Um, well, what the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> you do edibles. Yeah. I feel yeah. like edibles make my stomach go numb, really? and then it's just it's endless on. eating. It's on. It's yeah. endless eating. But yes, I always pair my weed with my food. I have a pre-blunt mm -hmm. and a post-blunt with my meal. Okay. Really? Yeah. So you don't know which way you're coming to go. <laughs> It's ritual. So that brings <laughs> us to that brings us to our show today. We have a very special gentleman here with us, uh, Sean Black of the Cannabis Cafe, and I always am a fan of seeing new ventures that go into this industry with a a different you know type of lane, right? Mm -hmm. uh, for example, everybody's a distributor, everybody's a cultivator, everybody wants a dispensary, but right. rarely do you see people actually going for the other lanes and there's so many of them yeah today we're going to be talking about the cannabis cafe all Ooh, right yeah say what's up to my man sean black hi guys thank you so much for having hey, me hey thank yeah, you thank for you for here. coming on with us um i really appreciate you being here we have a lot to talk about um we're gonna get right into it tell us about the cannabis cafe and before you before you do that, let's take it back a little couple more steps. Tell us how you got into cannabis and, and what was what was your first introduction to the plant? Well, my first introduction to the plant was, you know, in 
boarding school, high school, <laughs> when I just got high all the time. Right, right. Uh, but <laughs> where my, were you? Where were you? What's where, oh, I went to boarding school a little north of Santa Barbara in a town called Los Olivos. It was just like a tiny little boarding school in the middle of nowhere. Um, you know, a lot of my friends would drink or be into party drugs or other kind of things. Mm. But for me, from the beginning, it just weed was the only drug for me. I yeah. wasn't, I didn't even, I'm not even into caffeine, right? Like there was just <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Weed was just the one I liked. I was a big fan of it. And I spent my whole life feeling a bit like those motherfuckers that are into whiskey have all this fancy shit mm. and their habit is treated like it's oh so like premium. Right. Mm -hmm. And those coffee lovers with all their like, oh, this is roast and that roast and this and that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, it's all treated like so highbrow right mm -hmm. and teas and like just all these other vices are treated so well and my shit came in a plastic bag yeah, and was like looked down upon <laughs> yeah. by everyone and that annoyed me right and so my initial foray into cannabis was in 2011 and i wanted to create a cannabis company where the product felt like it had always been legal like it didn't feel like something new coming to market and it mm -hmm. didn't feel like, cheap or, yeah, or, or market, quick like, yeah. i just wanted it to feel like like a, like an established product and so mm -hmm. i created this brand called lowell and mm. it was like a little pack and there was like a little bowl seal on it and you could like flip it open and pull out the tray and then we got a lot of attention and press for it being like the first real cannabis brand mm -hmm. and and that was we i started in 2011 it really took off in california in like 2017 i spent like six years just playing with it i had other jobs it was just like my you know my passion on the side mm. And then I ended up partnering with, you know, big business people. I'm not a business person. I'm more of a creative You're person. You're currently, amen. I mean, to, amen to that. Yeah. And yeah. so I partnered with these big business people and they raised like $75 million for mm -hmm. this brand and it went out there. And then uh, we had a dispute and I left. <laughs> and in the meantime, I had created this cafe with a bunch of other partners. Um, it was originally called the Lowell Cafe and it was made to promote that brand mm. that I had originally created. And so the origin of the cafe really is um, it, it starts in 2018 when we're like really, Lowell's really like taken off and we're, we're doing all these stunts and like we're hiring people straight out of jail when they get their oh, wow. records expunged. We're just like trying to do all this stuff to be like, to me, it felt like, I don't ride motorcycles, I don't know anything about motorcycles, but it felt to me like Harley Davidson was a company of motorcycle people, like by motorcycle yes. people, for motorcycle people, like mm. like the people at the company really cared about the riders right. and they, they, like they were of the same culture. Correct. And so my vision was like, let's create a cannabis company where it's not about bankers or like this, where it's just like, it's for people who love weed and all the decisions are made for like real weed lovers. Mm. Um, and it, it, we ha I had some success with it, but uh, the cafe, which we just reopened was kind of the most fun stunt we ever did for, wow. for, for Lowell, which was opening the first cannabis restaurant in the world. Wow. Okay. So when you look back at the beginnings of Lowell's, right, yeah. what were some of the things that you look back now and feel like you would have done differently <laughs> going into going, just a short list because I, yeah. I feel your pain. <laughs> I went through, I went through some similar, you know, ups and downs with yeah, my first yeah. brand as well. So I, yeah, it's yeah. always interesting to me to hear the oh, yeah. horror stories and also to see, you know, the the people that come out the other side. Well, I made so many mistakes with Lowell. Like, it's mm. hard to pick which ones to bring up. Right, because you put were them the in, first, right? We were, I think we were one of the first one of the first that had, like, really, like, 
you know, high-end packaging and presentation and branding, mm. stood for something, tried to be more than just weed. You know, mm. it was before it was rack. It was in the medical days. It was pretty early on. The, there were brands like Candescent and mm-hmm. Papa and Barkley were there, but we were one of the, the real original ones. Right. I, I would organize my mistakes into two categories, right? There were mistakes I made with consumers and there were mistakes I made trying to operate a business, wow. right? Like business mistakes. Mm-hmm. I think my biggest mistakes were on the business side. I mm. think that I picked the wrong partners. The partners who were funding and were responsible for the business and operational side of it didn't weren't as successful as my side. And on top of that, they didn't really care about cannabis people in the same way. Right. And I think ultimately, if you're trying to build a brand that's supposed to be really meaningful to people, everyone at the company's got to be on the same page. And they all yeah. there can't be someone who goes, eh, weed smokers suck, let's rip them off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a shockingly prevalent concept amongst executives no. at weed Absolutely. companies. Yeah, you don't I mean, think so? Uh, of course. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I was, I was yeah. like, who do you yeah. know? Yeah. Absolutely. That's 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And I just don't like that. You know, so yeah. the, the business mistakes are the big mistakes. But if, if I would if I would break down the consumer mistakes to one lesson, which I think I really didn't understand, mm. was I believed that the brand was was really fundamentally about the idea that people should be proud of cannabis. There shouldn't be stigmatized. It should be a part of culture and you should show it off. Like when you have your little packet, it should look good and it should be something that you've, it's flashy. It's, it's great, you know? Right. And I don't think that mattered to consumers as much as value. I think the lesson, especially in the California cannabis market is ultimately, if you want to do right by your consumers, you got to bring them the best quality product at the best price. Correct. And so don't spend money on that packaging. Not right. in the same way, right? Like, like the bottom line is every penny you spend, every dollar you spend, every ad you take out, it's adding a penny to the cost of that product. And so you got to be really sure that it's worth it to spend that money because ultimately having a better price and having a better product is more important. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, we- you, but you do have to protect your IP. Not only is cannabis highly highly um you know duplicated you know not black market knockoffs you know my first brand brass knuckles was highly highly knocked off yeah and so you know you, you have to walk a thin line you have i mean a fine line that says okay cool i'm gonna, I'm not gonna buy a Mar- mylar bag that has every you know thing in it everybody uses the same one and it's easily duplicated or do I bite the bullet and, you know, squeeze margins everywhere and spend a little bit more on packaging? It's a nightmare. And mm-hmm. it's all it's like juggling chainsaws. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, here's my question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you don't think there's some legitimacy and brand authenticity from being in trap markets? I would feel the same way that, that you're implying. But what I see is that when we sell legal cannabis, we get yeah. squeezed so much, we do. you know, overregulated, overtaxed. Yeah. Um, and then... Trapper A across the street is enjoying the same. The bigger we get and the harder we work and the more we invest, all he does is collect. Uh, I agree. And, uh, but you don't know? you think there's a kind of consumer? All right. So uh, we have a bunch of brands that we're doing now at this new company I'm at with the, with the cafe. And mm-hmm. I have an outdoor brand that's very similar to Lowell. It's Helena. And then I have this indoor brand, Wave. You actually have the jar right there. Yeah. And I guys brought you a, a bunch of stuff to try too. Oh, nice. Thank but, you. Um, the Wave is an indoor brand, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. the the grower is this guy, Sean. He ran Stizzy's Indoor Grow. He's been in the in the industry for you know 15 years, 20 years. He's been growing since the black market days. He has real authentic authenticity. His genetics are amazing. Like he's really connected to those. But ultimately, I feel like because we can only do legal, because we're a legal entity, we can't do anything on the black market. We can't take those risks. Like we're, mm. you know, I feel like it's somehow it's like there's a there's a subset of the audience that feels like buying legal weed means you're a sucker. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. They're like, well, I'm not paying 30% in taxes. Yeah, I think there's a I want to get it from the trap shop or, the, or from my plug or whatever. Like, right. I'm not paying, I'm not, I'm not a tourist. I'm right. not buying legal weed. Like, right. I got a hookup. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, how do you build an indoor brand that really has the genetics, has the goods? It's like really good flour when everyone kind of thinks, well, it's a legal brand and legal brands are kind of bullshit. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's ways to break through it. It's just yeah. the, you know, I, I would say from a cultural perspective, there feels like a huge disconnect between the legal and the legacy. You know, is legal trying to even talk to legacy or is it just kind of like they're like, we can't sit with a, you know, that's, you know, we're not even going to try. We're not going to get accepted. So let's just go after the new consumer. But really, if, you know, we could marry the two somehow we can make it work. We can't help that the legal market is here. Yeah. It's here. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to participate, if you're somebody who's like, I morally want to do the right thing, I'm going to participate in the legal market and be clean with it. Respect. But at the same time, you've got to talk to the culture. Yeah. Uh, yeah talk to absolutely. The culture. Listen, Michael Jordan sneakers talk to the culture all mm-hmm. the time, but you don't see people proud wearing fake Jordans. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to buy Michael Jordans. But there's you know not saying? 40% taxes on sneakers. Absolutely. Well, and if, if there was, know, maybe you'd be a sucker if you bought the legal sneakers. Well, they just hide <laughs> it by making it for like, they make them choose for $2 and sell them for right, 100 right. So there's that's where the yeah. switcheroo happens. But, but you know, I, I just think that, yes, you know, talking to the culture is very important. Being mm-hmm. in the marketplace where outside, legal or it, or, or traditional being in those places that's where the culture is now how you buy your cannabis who you buy your cannabis from is your business right, right? yeah but the the fact is is that you know when when we try so hard as legal companies mm-hmm. to do these things and build these companies and feed other people's families and do all this other stuff it's kind of hard to see all your hard work knocked off and then, you know, just dragged and and put into, you know, places yeah, where you don't get to yeah. you don't get to actually use, you know, the influence or the revenue that comes from that. And yeah. if it's that. a if it's a crappy product, it's doing damage to your brain. Right, right, yeah, right. Listen, being popular does not mean success. Yeah. It doesn't, but it also it also is like real recognized real. Like there's a reason why everybody's counterfeiting, you know, certain brands mm. because everybody knows what the truth about what it is. Right. So it's just kind of one of those things that you gotta talk up to the game and do your best to get ahead of it and keep changing it up so that right, you know if you always, got yeah, the mylar's gotta keep changing. Yeah, it, it is it's what, always yeah. about education, it's always always about being in touch with your people, letting them know the direction of the brands, taking their input, creating a awareness that people pay attention to and feel a part of. Mm-hmm. That's what I found has been successful with now turning around the aspect of, you know, when people see the brand that I have, you know, like, you know, make them feel like this is a family. This is a team. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? No matter how big this family is, you guys are going to know what's happening with it first. Mm-hmm. And when you see somebody that's kind of like not on the same page as the family, it's easier to kind of weed out and get that kind of information back. Mm-hmm. You know, best we can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having that direct communication with your customers is so important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's why it's so frustrating that social media is so tough on cannabis companies with like removing their yeah, but profiles I mean, because yeah. it's it's really killing their ability to, to yeah. maintain that. Literally, I, I saw I saw something. Uh, I saw something yeah, a couple days ago. The guy literally just pulls out a gun and shoots another guy who's sleeping and that's up and yeah. doesn't get flagged. And it's it's millions and millions of views. But, you know, you show cannabis and they flag it and shadow ban it. And it's very odd. It's it's very odd. It feels like something is up. You know what I'm saying? So- I mean, back 
before technology and social media, there were ways to silence people that were speaking um, things that were against what our government stood for. Mm -hmm. Now they can, you know, go to these tech giants and say, we need suppression of these accounts that are talking about these things, um, X, Y, and Z. They're not going to say anything that's going to cause discourse, you know, a death being, you know, televised. Show that. It, it, it gives us something to kind of be mad about and like not focus on the things like looking at what they're doing. So I think it's modern day censorship and a violation of our rights. And I think that we're not even fully aware of how dark it kind of is yeah. with the suppression of it. I think mm. it's beyond the social media and tech people and I think government has overreach here too. That's just a theory. Call me a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> <laughs> Our culture has always been so tolerant of violence, right? Like even think about television, right? Mm -hmm. You couldn't right. show a, a naked woman, but you could show someone having being decapitated or mm -hmm. tore up with knives. Yeah, right? I mean, but right. war like is so like been... romanticized. Yeah. Like war and death yeah. is such a romantic thing. Like it's a joke that men think about the Roman Empire all the time, but it's Quite true. literally, it's like they're thinking yeah. <laughs> about war. Like, it's just that is what has been drilled into the subconscious. Hmm. I, I mean, it might even be innate, right? Because mm -hmm. like I, I see little boys that are very young who just they're just interested in war. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think there it might be something about men. Mm -hmm. Yeah, human nature. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We'll violent men being violent? No. <laughs> what have never guessed it. <laughs> well, you know, we got to get out our aggressions. <laughs> yeah, that's somehow. why sports like football and boxing and rugby. Rugby is the wildest one out of the three that exists. <laughs> yeah. like, what? You do All what right. with no pads? All right, getting back, getting back to it. Yeah. Getting back to Sorry. it. The Cannabis Cafe. Yeah. So, so, uh, so along after you know you put these brands out, you have all this experience. You you feel mm -hmm. as though to me that your passion for the plant is it comes from a really genuine place and a holistic place. You know, feeling you know that you have your people and you want people. You know, describing your business, having those people that come right out of prison and work into you know into your company. You have this idea for the, the Cannabis Cafe, you reopen. What was the, the mindset behind getting that thing restarted? Well, okay, so originally when we opened it, um, Lowell was really the, I was trying to build a brand around the idea that cannabis should be an equal citizen to alcohol, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was really, I personally believe cannabis should be a higher citizen, that I think cannabis is safer and better than alcohol. Mm -hmm. But our goal was just, it should be treated equally mm -hmm. to alcohol. So we were always trying to champion that cannabis should be treated the same as alcohol. So you watch uh, the Super Bowl and there's all these beer commercials. We created a cannabis commercial and tried to get that on the Super Bowl and they rejected it. And so- I remember that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so- I remember that. So it was always about showing the hypocrisy between alcohol and cannabis. Oh, wow. Here you can have all these girls in bikinis and, and all this like uh, derogatory stuff and they'll put it right on the Super Bowl. And we had this wholesome all-American farmer ad about like cannabis, you know, made in America, like good solid state of the earth. And they're like, no way, you can't put that on, right? Mm -hmm. And so people go out to restaurants and they mm -hmm. have a glass of wine with dinner. And then there's another group of people who have to go vape in the bathroom or smoke a joint in their car and then walk in and smell bad and be judged by the restaurant yep. people, right? Because I'm definitely smoking in the car <laughs> before I walk in. <laughs> and so we were like, well, what Lowell should fix for people is we should fix that. We should let them go out to a restaurant. Instead of ordering a glass of wine, they should order a joint. And everyone's like, well, you're never going to make that happen. And we're like, let's try, right? Let's give it a shot. And so 
we had all these partners. This wasn't just me. This is me and like 10 other people, right? We're all working on this together. And we go and pitch the city of West Hollywood. And we say to the city of West Hollywood, look, you guys are the tourist destination of Los Angeles. You have more hotel rooms than any other municipality, you know, in North America. Mm. And you have all these dispensaries and you want to be at the forefront of cannabis. You guys are liberal. You care. But you, all these people who come in from out of town, where are they supposed to smoke weed? They can't smoke it at the park. They mm -hmm. can't smoke it in their hotel room. Yeah, I mean, I guess if they get an Airbnb and they rent out the whole house, maybe. But then what about people who don't have the money for that? Mm -hmm. And then also, just from an equity issue, everyone can smoke weed in their home that they own. But if you live in public housing or you live in an apartment or you live in shared housing, you don't have that same freedom. Where are you supposed to go to consume cannabis? And we said, you should create the first cannabis consumption license in America. And you should give it to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. they said, we'll create it, but you got to compete to win it. And so we competed and we won one of the eight consumption licenses that they announced. And we raced to open right away. Wow. Because we wanted to be the first, wanted to be the first cannabis restaurant in America. That felt like an accomplishment. Something mm -hmm. like, this is the first restaurant where you just go, you valet your car, you order some weed, they bring it to the table. Then you order some food and you get high while you're waiting for the food. Like that's a great experience, wow. right? Like, Hell yeah. Let's create that for that people. That sounds like my fucking 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we created it and it was a blowout. Like it was people around the line, Howard Stern broadcast from there, uh, the Today Show, local news. You search Lowell Cafe or Cannabis Cafe. It was huge. It was this huge, crazy thing. And the parent company Lowell didn't like... I mean, you know, I signed all these things, but essentially the CEO was upset that he wasn't the focus of all the attention mm -hmm. and he started a war and we separated and we turned it into the cannabis cafe. And so we lost, I lost all of Lowell to the CEO and I had nothing to do with it anymore. And he ran it into the ground and, and the investors foreclosed on it and sold it away. But, oh and we were the number Ooh. one, we were number one, one out of three pre-rolls in the state were ours when, before I left. And the cafe itself, they gave me even though it was Lowell, you know, they gave me all the ownership and as part of the yeah. dispute resolution. Yeah. And so I was like, great, you know, let's go out there. It was me and my partner, Courtney. We're like, let's go out there and let's uh, let's run this as an internet cafe. We'll be the home place for all in the cannabis community. We'll carry the best brands. We'll do all this stuff. We got it going. It was so exciting. It was a huge hit and COVID hit and shut us down. Oh. Five months after opening, COVID shut us down. <sighs> I remember that. Mm -hmm. Strange times. <laughs> it really was. And so yeah. we had no resources. By the time the city would let us open it a year later, we weren't eligible for any PPE, right? Mm -hmm. Cannabis businesses can't get PPE. Mm -hmm. uh, the landlord said we were a month, you know, a year in to the license and there was no way, you know, he wouldn't let us reopen unless we paid him back the year rent. And we didn't have that kind of money. We weren't backed by any big company. And so we were just out there looking for someone to sell it to, right? Mm. Because we just didn't have a choice. We were just trying to get someone to buy it. And we just weren't having any luck because... The Cannabis Cafe is an exciting business. Culturally, it's important. Yeah. But financially, if you're a business person looking to purchase a business, you just look at the hard facts. And the hard yeah. facts are you go to a dispensary, you spend 200 bucks and you spend 10 minutes in there. Mm -hmm. Right. The Cannabis Cafe, you spend 30 bucks on weed and you spend 90 minutes there. Right. It's just not a good business. Yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. You, you want think about the turnover. amount of staff yeah. and the amount of people that you need to support them compared to a, to a dispensary. It's just, it's not as good a business as a dispensary. Right. Mm -hmm. And so no one really wanted to buy it. And the people who did were kind of flaky and weird. And so we sold it to one of them. It was high times. Mm -hmm. 
we believe they defaulted on their deal. And so then it came back and we we're like, what are we going to do? You know, they don't, they don't, they were supposed to give us $6 million in stock for it. And the stock was worthless and they were supposed to pay us this money in cash. And there was the note and then they were mm. defaulting on their other notes. And so, you know, I went to the people I was working with creating these brands, Helena Farms and Wave. And I said, you guys are really successful business people. Like, what would you do in this situation? And they were like, you know, here's a lawyer, have the lawyer figure it out. And if you can get it back and the lawyer says you can get it back, we'll give you some money to help you reopen it in exchange for you don't sell all the brands, you only sell our brands. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I mean, that's a really nice thing to do. These guys are, they're real old school cannabis people and they're just like, they care, you know, like yeah. they care and yeah. they, they've made their money and they've had some successes and they want to do what's right by the community. Um, and so the lawyers were like, yeah, these guys defaulted on you, take it over and reopen it. And so we took it over and we reopened it. And now we have these brands that I had spent COVID building after Lowell for this, for the, these guys um, are the only brands sold at the cafe. Wow. So it's Helena Farms, which is our outdoor brand. Mm -hmm. There's Wave, which is our indoor brand. Mm -hmm. And then I have this brand Dizzy's which is very, very flavored cannabis. So it's like a Jeter's competitor. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it looks like Stripes candy. Like, do you yeah, remember the Stripes gum, the yeah. gum? Do you remember the zebra? Yeah, and... let's check it out. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so that's the packaging. Yes. You can see it's kind of got that vibe. Yes. And then it's kind of got that oh, like nice. fruit stripe. Nice. Hell yeah. yeah. With like the foil. Yeah, it yeah, reminds yeah. me of Stripes so much, the gum. It was a love. vintage candy vibe. Is what Absolutely. Yeah, 90s candy yeah, vibe absolutely. for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And so, so we have these like super fruity ones that are like the Slurpees of weed, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. maybe not the best for you, but you got a lot yeah, of yeah. flavor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Novelty. And then we right. got this brand, Helena Farms, which is like this outdoor. Oh, let me see that. Yeah. That's going to blow your mind. This is a whole ounce in pre-rolls. This is light matches here? Yeah, yeah, we got some matches wow, in there Wow, that's too. a giant. What I'm looking at is this beautiful joints. packaging. Yeah. It uh, looks like a book. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. what I said too. And, and, yeah. uh, and Wait it has this inside it. and there's a thousand joints. Yeah. <laughs> there's literally like a thousand joints and right underneath it is a match book full of matches, which mm -hmm. I hear is the healthiest way to light that's a joint. Right. That's mm -hmm. the truth. That's what they and, say. And a giant, giant strip. This is very sexy packaging. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. So, and so that's a whole ounce of weed, right? 70 pre-rolls. Wow. And we're trying to get that to market for a hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. And we're going to sell it right now. It's sold at the cafe for $125. Wow. $125 for an ounce of weed is not bad. It's, it's really good bad. greenhouse weed. And it's all roll. rolled up. Right. Rolled up. And that, yeah. that, that, that kind of makes up for some of the money you're losing when people buy the $30. This this got to help. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll see yeah. how it goes. We're a little fortunate now in that, you know, we're kind of the marketing arm of these brands. Wow. And so that we don't have the same pressure on profitability that we had when we were an independent business. Okay. Yeah. So you just reopened. When did you reopen? Well, I mean, we really are just kind of test reopening now. Oh. Like we're doing no marketing right now. Okay. Right. So you can go there and we're open, but we're not trying to fill the place at all because we're trying to work out all the kinks with service and make sure the food is good and get out at a timely pace and that the, we're, we're getting the menu up with everything that we need from all these brands. Um, so we've been open to customers for about a month, but again, we've, we've told no, we haven't even emailed the old people who came to the cafe to tell them it's reopened yet. Wow. Yeah. It's okay. just word of mouth. We've had some influencers there. Yeah. I must say the food has such, it's been such a huge improvement from last time. That's, that's what yeah. I was just about to the ask. The food, I mean, the what, ahi what are they serving? 
I mean, everything. They have amazing. Oh, um, nice. A menu. Yeah, just read it off. I, I've had okay, both. The, the, the white pages are the uh, food. Okay, so this is a, it's a leather bound. <laughs> leather nice bound. Touch. Very nice. This is not this is not plastic. Right. Treat this, stoners yeah. with respect. Right. You know? yeah, this, right. is, this, this is has hardware on it, guys. Let's this go. is this is not cheap shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Miss me with cafe, the tie-dye everything. At OG Cannabis <laughs> Cafe. Look, this is real leather. This is, yo, this, some cows died for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so look. So look, the finest indoor cannabis in the world, expertly grown with a renegade heritage of potency, purity, and flavor. Then you have the uh, actual. Yeah, that's our indoor. Actual, yes. That's our indoor menu. This yeah, is indoor our indoor menu. Outdoor menu. Flavors, and you got the Dizzy's menu. Oh, here we go. Food. Then yeah, we got the food. Go. Okay. Okay, you got uh, served from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., you have savory. You got the chicken pesto panini, ham and cheese panini, uh, smash burger. Uh, ooh, look at that. Grilled cheese and tomato soup. Yum. Toasted bagel and lox. California breakfast burrito. Avocado toast. So so you're not just in there serving like like three things. You know what I'm saying? This is a full-blown kitchen. I haven't yeah, been right? to breakfast, but that sounds nice. Yeah, tuna taco, steak and eggs, okay. buttermilk okay. pancakes. Tuna tacos. Yes. Fire. Fire. Yeah. Fire. Fire. They're the what? chef specialty. He, it's Jonah from Jonah's Kitchen in Santa Monica. Yeah. Um, he's He was previously Leonardo DiCaprio's private chef. Yes. And then he opened his first restaurant in Santa Monica, Jonah's Kitchen. It's been a huge hit. People love the food. People say it's like, you know, super elevated, fast, casual stoner food. And oh, bro. Yeah. He's been, he's been a really, uh, people really, like you said, they've really responded oh to the Oh my gosh. Food. The, yeah. the ahi tacos, the sliders, the turkey tacos. Hopefully the appetizers for dinner serve from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. You got Ahi tuna tacos, Fire. buffalo wings. Those are good. Yeah, of course, chips and salsa, Korea spicy wings. Those are good. Uh, jumbo cheesy mac balls. Those are good. Bacon jam sliders. Oh, I love those. <laughs> baked layer chicken nachos, steak mm-hmm. nacho, truffle parmesan fries. Love them. Ooh, okay. Ooh, you got you can add chicken or steak to the salads. You got the mains. Oh man, this is going down. This is true stoner food. And you have okay, you got a beer and wine. A full blown get down, guys. You don't want to miss this. This is oh my god, dessert. Oh, you went there. <laughs> the dessert, the cookie sandwiches. Uh build your own Sunday or have a milkshake. You got ice cream cookie sandwich. You get to you pick your cookie. Loaded PB and J. Fruit bowl, flowerless chocolate cake. Oh my god! Wait, they don't have cereal. You guys still have cereal? Yeah, we got sugar yeah. cereals. You can put them in your Sunday. Yes, you can and order I was just cereal. about to ask if <laughs> yeah. you had edibles, and boom, on the last page, yeah, ten dollar edibles. Yeah, I think I guys, brought you edibles. I didn't bring you edibles. I'll oh man! No, I like want to go now after we film. Man, okay, up to three <laughs> people, twenty five dollars <laughs> per table. Four people, fifty dollars per That's table. That's if you want to bring in your outside weed. Really? Cork fee. Yeah. Okay. Corkage fee. So like if you yeah. bring in your outside weed, if you're a table of three people or less, we charge you 25 bucks for the table. Four people or more, we charge you 50 bucks for the table. Man, that is so awesome that you even thought of that. It eliminates all kinds of conflict. Some all people just of... want to smoke what they want to smoke. Correct. Yeah. Correct. We still want to be a place for them. We still want them to hang out. Yeah. If you want to smoke our brands, you know, obviously like we can afford to give that to you cheaper. If you want to bring in outside stuff, we got to pay our staff and stuff. Do so you let people fee. dab in your restaurant? Absolutely. Yeah. We don't yes, sell it ourselves, yes. but you can bring your own yes. rig in. You can bring in the yes. torch. You can bring in an E1, like a Puffco. Oh, man. Whatever you want. The I Puffco know people be that... going, 
Oh, go ahead. You go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say that Puffco is that little thing that I brought in. So yeah, yeah. You can bring that in your own wax, and then just corkage fee. Yeah, you just pay the corkage fee. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Wow. And uh, we have these uh, gravity bongs that are really like the big hit of the cafe. It's a wow. real fun way to smoke. Hell yeah. yeah! You know, some of those dab breaks we talked about before. It looks like a you know you got a meth lab going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. So, so it's oh. some people late, but it's no problem. You know, people come in there, chill come vibes. Come do it, whatever. We listen, yeah. we, we really want, uh, for me, the, the vision of the Cannabis Cafe normalized, of course, cannabis and restaurant experience, but like alcohol people and coffee people have had a third place forever, right? You know, between you got work, you got home, and then mm -hmm. you got a bar to hang out at or a coffee shop to hang out at. Mm -hmm. Stoners have never had a third place. Right. We just haven't had one, right? right. We just have to do it in the parking lot or in our car or whatever. I would love the Cannabis Cafe to be the third place for the cannabis community enthusiasts. Even if you just come in and have a coffee, you know, like you can buy a pack of four joints for $25. Right. right uh, 10 joints, 10.4 gram joints, four grams of weed, 25 bucks. You can spend 25 bucks on that, six bucks on a coffee, 30 bucks, hang out for a couple hours. Like it doesn't have to be a lot of money. Just come and if you're part of the cannabis community, we want you to come there and experience it. I, obviously, I'm I'm pretty sure there's an age. You have to be a certain age. Kind to of. There. So let me tell you about that. Okay, it's actually yeah, interesting. Because I mean, like, what if yeah. somebody like you, what, you can't take your kids. You can. You can't. Oh, so listen, shit. So here's the deal. There oh, is, jaw drop. There is two parts of the, the, the way that the cafe became, came into existence was that the city gave us a consumption license, but the mm. state has no concept for a cannabis cafe, right? Uh, okay. So the city, when they first gave us the license, they said to us, listen, you can you can have this place, but how are you gonna deal with the state? Like you can't, there's no such thing as a cannabis cafe for a state license. You're just a dispensary. And so that kind of got us thinking, right? And so what we said was, all right, that's no problem. What we're gonna do is we're gonna rent, rent out this space and we're gonna partition it into three different businesses. Mm. Just like there's a Orange Julius and a Panda Express and then a food court at the mall. Right. Right. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to open a dispensary. We're going to open a restaurant. And then we're going to have a shared seating area for both. Right. And that's our way that we get around the regulations for the state. Mm. But the side benefit of that is we have a patio that you cannot smoke cannabis on oh. because it's the restaurant's patio. And it doesn't, mm. that space doesn't belong to the dispensary. So it would be illegal to bring cannabis or smoke cannabis on that thing. But what we can do is serve beer and wine on that. Mm. And because that's not part of the dispensary, that's just a restaurant, you can bring your kids. Oh, so you can come to the all ages alcohol patio. You can go inside to the bar and smoke a joint. And then you can go back outside and sit with your all ages friends yeah. in an area that has no smoke, that's ventilated, mm. separate away. So they're not wow. even going to get the secondhand smoke. Wow. And, and enjoy the space. You literally thought of everything, Sean. It was I'm actually just like a side benefit. Truly impressed. Yeah. Truly wow. impressed. But it is fun. I'm, I mean, I brought my son there and yeah. other partners brought their kids there. It's fun. How, how many square feet is the uh, actual business? Ooh, that's a really good question. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Three or four thousand? Uh, yeah. I don't cool. know. I'm not... I mean, for West Hollywood, I yeah, feel like it's think? pretty yeah. spacious. Downstairs? Downstairs? Yeah. No, no, just no. downstairs. Just but one level. There's the outside Two court. patios and yeah. an inside area. Oh, very cool. And yeah. so there's a smoking patio and then a non-smoking beer and wine patio. Mm. That's all ages. And then the inside is like the smoking patio is smoking. No kids are allowed. No one under yeah. 21. Yeah, understood. Yeah. Well, that's <sighs> awesome, man. I, I can't wait to physically go there. Please. And, and check it out. You know, uh, are you planning on 
you know, expanding this or going to, are you going to franchise out or are you just going to keep the concept to yourself until it's, you know. Well, you're asking the real questions. The problem is it's just not that great of a business, right? But at the same time, well, um, yet. Yet. Okay. Listen, who knows in the future? Right. I, I would love it to be like a hard rock cafe of cannabis, right? Like uh, I would like, if you go in there, we have pictures up on the wall of like important moments in cannabis history, like for legalization and, and normalization. And then in our bathrooms, we have all the pictures of like cannabis and pop culture throughout the years, like uh, in movies and television and things like that. Like I would love, there's not a great cannabis tourist destination. You know, there, there just isn't one yet. And I would love ours to be that one in LA. And then I would love to bring it to other areas. Mm-hmm. The challenge is that I really am good at creating like a fun, like cannabis experience for everyone and everyone having a good time. And the turning a profit part hasn't really, right, <laughs> right, right, we haven't gotten right. there yet. You know, yeah. and we already, like, it's not super inexpensive. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, Restaurants and hospitality is hard and it's it expensive. And just running a restaurant on its own is difficult. Yeah. And the workers comp and like, it's just, it's so much harder than the dispensary mm-hmm. and people are buying so much less. You go to a dispensary and you like stock up for a couple of weeks. You come to our restaurant, you just want to get high in the moment. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. yeah, it's more, it's like the experience of <laughs> yeah. being able to say, I went out to dinner in West Hollywood right. and smoked a blunt right at the table, Yeah, which is so fun, but you're like, right. Yeah. I, I just feel like everybody's at a crossroad right now with their brands. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's tough for everybody. It's a tough industry period, but um, you've chosen to take a path. You were like, you know, one one juggernaut isn't enough. I'm gonna fight too. <laughs> yeah. So 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 I believe. Yeah. Persevere a few more years. I think some of the regulation, some of the taxation, will be kind of brought down to to earth, and um, those things will be a little easier for everyone to to actually navigate through. I hope so, and yeah. we have the benefit in that we have these brands. Mm-hmm. It's a company I also work for, but they're supporting us, you know, they're, they're helping us because we're exclusively carrying their brands and they, they hope if it gets really busy, that'll help build the brands out of there. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's also just good market research for the brands. And so if these brands are successful in California, we kind of have our, like, you know, we have our own sugar daddy kind of keep the cafe going, these like Mm -hmm. brands. And then I don't, I was actually going to ask you guys, if you know much about it, do you guys know much about live soil cannabis? Uh, I've heard of it briefly, but I'm not sure. What, what, what? Give, give us a lowdown. I'm not it. the cultivator and I'm not, I'm an outdoor cannabis smoker because I just want to get like the most weed for the most, for the cheapest amount of money. Right. I, just smoke, <laughs> I smoke a lot of weed, right? right? <laughs> but I'm learning about indoor cannabis from creating these brands for these cultivators. This guy, right. Sean from Stizzy and all these guys, and they've sort of turned me on to this live soil, um, cannabis. And okay. it's like indoor, I would love, I'm going to leave you a bunch of it and you tell me what you guys think after okay. a while, but essentially, okay. So here's the deal with live soil as they've explained it to me. They say that, um, when you grow indoors, mm-hmm. you have to add nutrients to the yes. plants to, to get the most out of them. Mm-hmm. But right. there's a new, better, smarter way to do it, which is to grow the cannabis plants indoors in a special soil that has been formulated to have all the nutrients the plant needs. And then you only feed the plant water. You don't ever have to add nutrients to it. Mm. And that the end result of cultivating it that way is instead of three to 5% terpenes in the plant, it's 15 to 20% terpenes. Wow. And 
this is what they I, I don't know anything about cultivating. This is what yeah, they've explained to me, I don't right? Know. And, well, okay, yeah. And <laughs> I left it for you. You guys tell me. All right. And uh they test almost zero for all the um you know, you're allowed to have a certain amount of heavy metals and a certain amount of things, but that all that's almost at zero, right? right? Because you're not adding it artificially Correct. in. And so exactly. Which you know about that. Yes. Hold on. Is so that I true? Mean, Am I describing it correctly? Yeah, so like, hold on. Doing okay, yeah. anything yeah. concerning. Check, it out. Check these out. Yeah, anything concerning the cannabis plant, the more real things you eat, use, the better uh, result, the, the plant, the healthier the result. So if yeah. you ver using a sunlight versus a lamp, yeah. a sunlight is going to be able to give out or uh, the sun gives out rays that a light bulb can't. Light bulb is limited. So you've got different chemicals that are going to come about because it's organic, right? Same thing with what the material that it's grown in. That matters a big a bunch too. The nutrients yeah. matter because it's kind of like, you know, it's the food. Water is the hydration. You can think of the nutrients as food and like baby plants eat baby food and adult plants have a different diet than like a teenager plant. Yeah. But if you put it in live soil and create that environment, it's just kind of like, That's you what know, they were saying to me. Growing up in the suburbs and having like, you know, everything you that you need. You need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's like Will live Smith soil. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a real indoor weed smoker. I'm not a connoisseur, so I can't tell the difference or I don't know the difference really. But I left you guys a bunch of it. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Absolutely. Yeah. I would yeah. like to see the difference. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, that's why it's just very new, right? It's that's, kind yeah, of reminds me of like it. rosin four or five years ago. Yes. When people okay. were first talking about rosin. Yeah. Um, and so this live soil thing that they're talking about, I, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let me check it out. What's yeah. your favorite way to consume? Um, well, I'm trying to smoke less, but I'm not doing that good of a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been trying to get into edibles a little bit, but mostly I just uh, roll my own. And most of my life, I've just been an outdoor weed smoker. Like I would yeah. be a Helena customer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but to be honest with you, because they give me this live soil for free at my company, I'm smoking the good shit now. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been smoking this indoor, super potent, like really flavorful live soil, but I'm just not a connoisseur. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely better than the outdoor. I yeah, feel, well, yeah, I feel yeah. like people sleep on yeah. outdoor. Like I said, the yeah. sun can do things that a light bulb can't. Yeah. So even if it's not pretty or it doesn't taste the best, sometimes it's like some of the strongest, yeah, I agree. most potent, like it'll knock pain out or it'll yeah. help you sleep well. No, so I'm a weed snob. Here we yeah. are. So I like indoor. So I'm yeah. Like indoor yeah. Yeah. I mean, I smoke indoor, but I'm never going to just judge sun grown yeah. based upon what it looks like. Yeah. When I was buying the weed myself, I was always just like, what we an ounce, 30%. You know, 120 bucks, that's the best deal. I smoke a lot of weed. I'm trying to get a good deal. You know? yeah, yeah. But but now, now that I get it for free, I smoke the really Yeah, like, and I'm not like <laughs> I'm not like those guys that will spend like a hundred bucks on like a little dot of resin. Eight, yeah. No, I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm just gonna buy a rosin press. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> press my own weed because yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, we hope to get an extract soon, so we'll okay, send you something coming. Yeah, yeah. All right. Right now, it's all flower, but dude, I'm I'm really, really um like rooting for you. Oh, like, I, like, I appreciate that. Like our stories, I'm pretty sure I have you know a lot of similarities. Um, yeah. I would love to talk to you about that on another show because that's yeah. a whole another thing. Yeah. Um, but but being able to talk about. The direction of this is really exciting. I love what you're doing with your products. Um, and, you know, with the Cannabis Cafe, 
Uh, I can't wait to go and actually experience that because you're right. There is no third place for us to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm tr we're trying to create it down there. We'd love you to come in anytime you want. Right. If and you also, if you ever want to do a podcast there. Absolutely. We'd audience. love to do that. Yeah. We'd love to do that. Uh, Cause I have dad jokes forever. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> well, Dejanae, who I brought here with me today, she's in charge of all the community events for the cafe. Yes. We want to, like there was this woman, Darian, who came in and she did, I don't know if you know Darian, but she came in and did a cannabis meditation. Yes. Event at the cafe. Yeah. It was just like a great hit for the cannabis community. Uh, Dejanae's job is to find as many people who are excited about cannabis as possible mm -hmm. that want to put on events, craft nights, you know, uh, women in cannabis, whatever kind of anything that's important to the cannabis community, we want to provide the space for it. We're not looking to make money off of you. We just want to be the home base for I'm the gonna, I'm going to pitch something so off the top of the head. <laughs> you know, one thing that goes really well with food. And cannabis is karaoke. We'd yep. like oh, to they do. just had a karaoke they night. And Tuesday like nights. They the do lasagna it. ganja karaoke okay, night. Okay, yes. let's do a lasagna Any ganja night, you guys. Be fucking hilarious. <laughs> they do a karaoke night. It's every Tuesday. Any night you guys want to take it over, go down there and take it what over. What would your karaoke song be? <laughs> I'm not going to spoil that. Okay. <laughs> you guys got to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to blow the doors off the building now. You're going to be like, <laughs> tears. <laughs> tears of joy. It's going down. <laughs> you know, it, uh, I, I would love to do that. I'd yeah. love to be involved. Please, um, please. Uh, if you're coming to Los Angeles, if you're coming into the city, uh, you're going into West Hollywood, what, what, what's the address? How can they get to, there to the actual place? Uh, it's 1201 North La Brea, but uh, on Instagram and Twitter, we're OG Cannabis Cafe. Mm. Pretty simple enough. That's OG Cannabis Cafe. You hit them on Instagram, find that address. La Brea is a very well-traveled street. You shouldn't be hard to find. So do yourself a favor, come into Los Angeles, see the sights, make sure you go see my man Sean at the Canvas Cafe. It's going down. I'm going to be there. Lasagna Ganja Karaoke, you might come on tonight and we'd be blowing the doors off the building. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, dude, uh, how do they get in touch with you? If you want people to. Uh, my website's Sean.com, S-E-A-N.com. Wow. Oh, oh, wow. Hold on. I, I worked You're for connected, a... bro. Like, Sean.com. I work for, my Instagram's on there, my email. Um, uh, I'll set you up at Dejeuner. If you want to do an event at the cafe, I'll send you yes. right to her. She's the yes. best. Um, yeah, please. Yo, there, it, uh, this, is, this is a call out. There's a lot of important you know, people that we have not met yet in this cannabis industry. And it's all about relationships. You heard this man talk about, you know, the vision for this. And you, he told you his strengths. He told you his weaknesses. If you have ideas yeah. that you want to share with Sean, or you are a business person with credentials and qualified <laughs> to make these kind of, these kind of suggestions, please let's figure out how to make the cannabis cafe profitable send in your send in your thoughts hit us on a dm we'll forward them if it if, if it smells legit then we'll forward it on the shine we'll see what's up we don't waste our time with hairbrain shit okay but this is gonna be good man we you know it's all about relationships thank you for coming on um you know you can always catch us the lasagna ganja podcast at the lasagna ganja on instagram or DCP official. That's right. Dot com. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's the Lasagna Ganja podcast. Sean, thank you for coming on with us today, man. Thanks so much for having me. No, no problem, man. You can you can catch us more episodes already in the in, in the queue. You guys go uh, listen down. Problem was a great episode. You don't want to miss that. 
we have some great people coming on, man. We do have some great people coming up. We have some good ones um, scheduled that I was hoping we would have them on the show one day, and now they're coming on the show. It's going so. on, man. We're going up. The awareness is getting out there. Cannabis community, we love you. Uh, thank you for talking about us. Thank you for talking about the Lasagna Ganja podcast. We appreciate you guys. The Lasagna Ganja podcast. Let's go. Peace. Check out the Lasagna Ganja podcast wherever podcasts are streamed. And check out our separate feed with video episodes. Available on Spotify and YouTube. For more information, visit dcpofficial.com.